lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. We have a jam-packed show for you today. A little Ask Me Anything coming up in the next hour of the show when you'll get to, well... You guessed it. You'll get to ask me anything at the bottom of this hour. We will talk to our good friend, Bob Vanderplotz as well. I'm just going to warn you right now. Things are pretty bleak at the moment. So, I mean, you just need to know. Uh, Right here from the jump. If you came here for some kind of pick-me-up, I don't know what to offer you. You're, you're living through a systemic meltdown of a society. The institutions that you would rely upon to protect you, to prepare you, to undergird you, equip you for the times that you're in. I mean, I did a thought experiment yesterday. I, I listened to, I mean, I'd, I'd love to come in here and say, go to church, you heathen like the Babylon Bee. But I, I did a thought experiment last night. I listened to two messages from two different churches on the same Bible passage. And I mean, the differences between the two were so glaring I don't, I don't know Jack Hibbs. I've never met him. But you guys ask me all the time, do you have any theology podcast or anything that you would recommend? And I always respond, nope, I don't right now. No, I don't. I, really in that space, I'm really not comfortable recommending anybody because I, I don't know how that'll turn out after they're dead or in three weeks. So nope. Going to break my rule. Listen to that one. You don't agree with every single thing he says theologically. At least he knows what time it is. And is actively attempting to prep his people for the times in which we live. But I just promise you, it's rare. I would love to sit here for the next two hours and ridicule our master plan of fighting back this fall by voting for a bunch of Republicans who are out to betray you on the Second Amendment, take away your ability to resist what's happening because, you know, the other side will just call you crazy. And the reason why they're okay with that is because they hate you and they think you're crazy too. Mitt Romney's every bit of afraid. Richard Burr, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham... They're every bit afraid you'll come after them as the other side is. Because they're just like the other side. I mean, the reality is, if if you have voted the last 40 years uh, on a federal level, your vote really mattered for about a term and a half under Ronald Reagan, about six months after the contract with America midterms, Trump pre-COVID, and just did not matter at all, all the other times. That's it. 
So our master, our new master plan is let's just go vote for a bunch of Republicans in the fall, hand selected by the network that just went pro groomer on Friday while we were gone. With Dana Perino, former Bush White House flack. Promoting a family that has been on TV for almost 10 years. Selling the castration of their kid. I mean, I'd love to ridicule it. I just, I wouldn't know what else to tell you to do. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you to do. You look what's going on with Bitcoin right now. That's not an alternative market at all. You're even seeing Bitcoin distributors shut down your ability to withdraw your money. That's right out of a 1930s era bank run kind of stuff. It's not an alternative economy economy at all. It's just simply responding to the meltdown in the mainstream economy. Which shows you that you don't have to really know the intricacies of economics or the nuances of economic theory. You just have to understand politics and human nature. And what the meltdown of crypto is showing you right now is there will be no anarchist out. There will be no alternative venue or culture you'll create to escape this because you're dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses with tanks and just over a decade they went from let's put let's let's put Ellen in tennis shoes and make her charming and make Will and Grace funny to let's just openly on the weekends just actually do out loud the actual manifestation of those grainy Jerry Falwell and D. James Kennedy videos about beware the gays in the 80s we'll just do them right out in the open in the street and you'll bring your kids while we spread eagle for them and, and you'll make them watch. In fact, when they try to turn away, you'll turn their heads and make them see it. So I'm never going to lie to you. Things are pretty bleak. Things are pretty bleak. If they're admitting to 18% inflation now, which is what it was under the old way of calculating it before they wanted to lie to us. What is it really? So I wanted to just tell you this up front. Because if you came here and thought, I'll listen to Dace and he'll get me fired up. I'm not going to do a bait and switch. This may not be the show for you here today, frankly. And hey, we all have our tap outs. We all have our, I just got to get away. I totally get it. I have mine. Frankly, if I didn't, wasn't being paid to be here, I would not be here today. This is one of the rare days. It just feels like a job. Marking time. Punching a clock. Because things are looking bleak. Bleak. It's almost as if hell just decided in the last 72, 96 hours. 11 didn't work. Let's try 17 on the dial. Let's see where that goes. So I wanted you to know right from the top, because I'm always going to tell you the truth, or at least as much truth as I can. I wanted you to know, and this is me after a weekend away I was around a, a, a bunch of fired up patriots in Hillsdale, Michigan, 
Even got a chance to stop on the way home yesterday and make the pilgrimage to the big house. <laughs> so this is how I see things after I've had some time away and to get recharged. I just think you should know. That's what I really think. I'm not going to lie to you. And if you're like, I just can't do this today, I don't blame you. I just want you to know that right now from the jump, okay? And don't come to me. I don't send me emails, you know. I have to, but That was depressing for two hours. Well, you know, I told you up front, things are looking pretty bleak. <sighs> Which is why it's only fitting, fitting today that doom prepping is the very first ad on the list of live raids I have to do today from our friends at My Patriot Supply. Um, the next, you know what? It's going down here. It's going down here right now, as we speak. So, are you ready to go with our fr- from our friends at My Patriot Supply? Each of their food kit uh, has for you and everyone in their house, in your household, uh, everyone you care about, three square meals a day, as well as snacks and beverages, all available to you. Don't wait another day. Now have the 90 days of peace of mind to know that you are prepared for not what is coming, but what has actually already arrived, what is now here. As Lord Nefarious says, it's always dark before it gets darker. Three months you can get this for right now and free shipping as well. And you'll get $150 off if you get it at our website, preparewithdace.com. Again, that is preparewithdace.com. As I told somebody this morning on Twitter, you should be actively rooting you are living in the end times. Actively rooting for that. First of all, I think you should probably be rooting for that anyway. Don't don't we want Jesus to come back? I've really never understood that. Okay? Like, why why does the prospect of the events that would unfold for the return of our Lord spook us. I'd be more inclined to be like, dude, let's just chill. Let this thing go to hell in a handbasket and wait for the trumpet. Like, I would think you'd be more tempted to kind of just pop that puppy into cruise control and say, I'm waiting for salvation. It's nigh. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Actually, I won't. You'll be in hell. I won't. So, sucks to be you. That's kind of, that's how I would be tempted to react. Not like, not to go like all X some combination of Bram Stoker if he wrote an episode of X Files. I don't. I've never understood that. Because at the very least, there's a guaranteed happy ending with that. Because if we're not living in the end of days, then you are watching and living through the end of Western civilization as it has ever been known. And what will come next will be some kind of new dark ages. It'll just be a technocratic variety. Like you won't you won't die because everybody took their waste uh, from a pan and threw it out into the street and brought all the rats to town. That won't be why. I mean, they'll just track every single move and thought and belief and action you take and then determine whether they approve it or not. Now they're going to put the waste in a vaccine and inject that, that, or, it into yeah, you. yeah, that's exactly what they'll do. Yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate it. I'm vibing with you. I mean, I I, I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. Things are not well. They're not well. And I'm really not in a mood right now looking at all of this to just kind of joke around and do some dumb, frivolous stuff 
frankly, the things I'm in the mood to do, I probably can't say because it would get our entire channel banished. So here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by We're on the brink of a recession. It's another once-in-a-lifetime financial event. The handful of old people who control our economy crunch some numbers wrong. Yeah, about that. I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster-than-expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. <laughs> what you just heard is a montage of Democrat officials, including Joe Biden and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, among others, last year downplaying and poo-pooing the notion of runaway inflation. Now it's June of 2022, and the May inflation numbers are out, and it's a doozy. Year-over-year year, inflation is up a full percent from the month before at 8.6 percent, the highest level since 1981. Republican puke Elise Stefanik, fresh off of voting to send $40 billion to Ukraine, had this to say. We can hold this administration accountable. We also have the power of the purse. That means reining in this reckless spending. That means passing a balanced budget. And it also means making sure that we have fiscal and monetary policy that's focused on, again, ramping down this historic inflation. Year over year, the price of fuel oil is up over 100 percent. Gas is up nearly 50 percent. Utilities are up 30 percent. Groceries are up 10 it's not all bad news in the economy, however, as companies continue to find new ways to innovate. Take food delivery service Postmates, for example, who introduced a new marketing campaign recently, how to avoid defecating on another man's phallus while getting sodomized. What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve? Not this pride. Introducing the bottom-friendly menu from Postmates. Huh? We teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical to bring you a menu of bottom-friendly foods backed by science. There's no right or wrong way to bottom, but if you're planning on getting peachy this pride, the bottom-friendly menu on Postmates has the kinds of foods that could keep you feeling good. Fox News, yes, Fox News went full groomer on Friday. Rylan Whittington, whose journey of transitioning at age five has been seen by seven million people in a family YouTube video. Brian Yenis has a story about that family that hopes their experience can help others. Watch here. If you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't think anything different. 14-year-old Rylan Whittington is a typical Southern California teenager. And the Whittingtons, along with mom Hillary, dad Jeff, and sister Brinley, are a typical family. The only difference, though, in Ryland's eyes, is what this family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. Yes, Fox News aired a glowing four-minute segment about a Southern California family's coddling of their daughter's mental illness. Groomer update, this is a family-friendly all-ages drag event in Austin, Texas that went down over the weekend. 
This photo was taken at a so-called family-friendly drag show in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. In Washington, D.C., a man with artificially enlarged bare breasts twerked and danced in front of small children. At an event in L.A., a drag queen offered lube to a crowd of children attending a pride parade there. In Des Moines, Iowa, a family-friendly all-ages drag brunch featured children dressing up in drag, performing and collecting dollar bills from the audience. Now, I understand the last few minutes might have been a little distressing, but I bring you glad tidings of great joy. Voting Republican in November will save us all. And if the Republicans don't save us, the Second Amendment will. In completely unrelated news, 10 Senate Republicans have announced they're supporting a new bill that would enhance background checks for gun buyers under the age of 21 and would incentivize states to implement red flag laws. And finally, Romans 1. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of the people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts and sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Happy Monday. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought you by Tiger Coolers, where right about now you probably want to stick your head and shutter the lid airtight. As do I. So I don't know that they can be used for that or that that's actually a recommended use, even if they can be. But uh, they can be used for lots of other cool things that uh, you'll want to do this summer when you want to get away from, well, everything. So if you want to take advantage of Tiger Coolers today, they can even get you a customized Romans 1 cooler lid. I'm not sure how all the words would fit. Okay, but um, I might be willing to give that one a shot. Maybe just start at the top, have them on the sides, the, you know. You know what? Put them on the bottom. Yeah. Um, so they already if, did. It's right behind you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so if you want to take advantage of Tiger Coolers, these really are the coolest Tiger, uh, cooler, coolest coolers out there. And they are like us right now. I mean, they, they are every bit as upset and worked up about what's going on as you are. All right, 100% American-made from uh, people who 
uh, have American values. And if you want to support this kind of company, uh, take 10% off and you use my first name, Steve, as your discount at tigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, at tigacoolers.com. Again, 10% off with the promo code Steve at tigacoolers.com. They really are really cool coolers. So we get to the montage here, and I, I, even though Aaron didn't bring the crypto thing up, I think it ties into everything. Absolutely. All of this. Yep. What, what, there's a big lesson being learned here. Actually, there's a couple of lessons being learned here. Number one, slippery slope arguments remain undefeated for all time. And it's important to know, not just know that, not just know that, because this was never going to be leave the kids alone. This was never going to be what two people want to do in the privacy of their own bedroom is nobody else's business. Why do you care? It was never going to be those things. It was always intended to get to the place that it's at right now. It always was. Because of the forces that are propelling it from the beginning. Because they were going to take it here. Oh, sure, every now and then, you know, every now and then a Dave Rubin or an Andrew Sullivan or... Somebody who's, you know, like sane is like, okay, think this thing's reached the point of diminishing returns, time to hop off. You know what I'm saying? But for, but for every one of those, they will, the reason why you know their names is because they're rare. For every Rick Grinnell, there's tens of thousands of what was in Aaron's montage. They're the outliers. It was always about getting to this point here. That's why they chose the rainbow and then made it six colors instead of seven. That's why they used the term pride. This is demonic trolling. I don't know how much more obvious to make it. I mean, at some point, the devil will be insulted. And be like, all right, next year, we're just going to put people in red unitards, guys. And I mean, just how much more obvious do I have to make this for you? Well, the Church of Satan did sponsor some of these. So. Yeah, well, on the nose, on brand. It was always intended to get here. And that's why slippery slope arguments are undefeated. Because human nature is not basically good. It is not. And when it feels as if it is unrestrained and lacks accountability... Why does capitalism work? Why, why does providing a competitive incentive work? Because human nature is not basically good. And if you just give people stuff for free, they get lazy and won't produce. If you give them an incentive, however, to produce at their maximum potential, they will strive to reach that. And likely won't without that incentive. Because human nature is not basically good. Not basically good. And so it was always going to go here. And that's why you're hearing some of the same arguments now on the tranny stuff. Why do you care? What does it matter? How does it impact your family? Same arguments. Just going to re-rack the same stuff because they've been re-racking this stuff since Genesis 3, guys. There's nothing new under the sun. 
This has been going on for about 6,000 years of recorded human history. There's nothing new under the sun. Just new people under the sun who haven't heard it yet. We're not smarter than any other generation. We're not more clever than any other generation. Slippery slope arguments are undefeated for all time because we have wanted to slippery slope for all time. We're not good. We deserve hell. We want it, in fact. But while we were his enemies, Christ died for us. Short of a recognition for that, or of that, short of a recognition of that, and that recognition has to be renewed constantly. The man who wrote those words, St. Paul himself, speaking of himself, said, I have to die daily to remember this. I daily need to renew my remembrance of that, or I'll fall back into those patterns. But we're way past daily remembrances, man. We've got Sports Illustrated running cover stories now that Christian prayer before football games, basically Hitler. We're way past that now. Can we get can we get a remembrance? How much for one remembrance? Forget daily remembrances? Can we get one? Can I get can I get a remembrance over here, over there, over there, somewhere? Can I get one? No? Well then here we go. Short of a recognition of the grace of Jesus Christ and the sovereignty of his lordship. Every civilization is just determining how long its entry in the encyclopedia will be. Will they get a short run in the history books or will they have like whole annals of history books? But in the end, they're all whistling past the graveyard short of that. The reason we shot to such a meteoric rise as a people faster than any power in all of human history is because we were, we were founded in a remembrance of that. And the reason you are now watching us implode about as fast as any superpower in all of human history is because we've completely forgotten it. And a lot of that is frankly completely forgotten in our churches. If we just do another program... Just do another car show. If we just do something nicer, grow some more hot dogs, they'll like us more. No, they won't. Actually, they'll view that as weakness and just start coming for the front door now instead of just blogging anonymously about you. The other lesson that is being taught to us right now is there is no way out. There will be no clever ways out. If we started a third political party, which I would love it would just get corrupted because we are corrupt. Because we violated that first thing I talked about, anything new that we would try or touch would just, we would taint instantly. You're seeing that with crypto right now. An entire economic model, currency system, this should be its moment. This should be the moment that this thing just takes off. Instead, it's collapsing in response to all of the command economy influences it was created to get around. Because even in economics, there's laws of economics too. We're not a nation of laws or a world or a species of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation or a species or a world of political will 
and we always will be. The best thing that you could say is going on in the crypto world right now is there's a sifting of the true believers from the just speculators. And what you're finding out is we have a lot more speculators than true believers. That's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario is this thing's going to collapse. Because for all the flowery language, very few people actually believed in its original intent. Does that... Does that sound familiar at all? A little bit. Is that, does that bleed over into any other ways of life that you can think of? Churches? The Constitution? The family? Anything else? There's nowhere we can run from our own nature. There's nowhere to hide. We will not anarcho our way out of this. All, anarchin, all attempts to anarcho will do is just create Bolsheviks versus Mensheviks. We'll just French Revolution this. And when we're done toppling the aristocracy, bring in the guillotines for the age of reason. That's not the American Revolution. The American Revolution was no king but Jesus. Our rights come from God and not man. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Any non-theistic or Christological attempt to come to a solution to this, I promise you, will only make it worse will only make it worse. Now, the choice we have before us is, are we prepared to be the generation here that will learn the two lessons that I just laid out for you? No? Then it's going to get even darker. Yes? Then maybe. So much of corporate America is openly against what we are for, which is why when the opportunity presents itself for us to do business with people who don't hate us, and unfortunately in America today, that opportunity doesn't present itself very often. Thankfully it does though with one product we kind of all need to use these days. That's a mobile phone. And that's where our friends over at Patriot Mobile come in. Our family made the switch last fall after putting it off, frankly, for several years because we just thought it would be a pain in the in the backside. But they did a great job with their actual understandable English speaking customer service team. It's really truly Amaze balls! how much better a customer service team is when you can understand the words that is coming out of their mouths. Uh, and they have those there. At Patriot Mobile, you'll get pretty much all the same coverage you get from everybody else because they all pretty much use the exact same towers. You just won't be handing money over for T-Mobile to tell you later on, hey, we don't like that anti-vax text that you sent, so we won't let you send it. You don't want to, don't do business with people like that anymore. Uh, if you can avoid it. And right now you can at Patriot Mobile make the switch if you're a veteran or first responder they have bigger savings for you as a way of saying thank you so just let them know when you go to patriotmobile.com slash steve that's patriotmobile.com slash steve for everybody else they've got specials going on all the time and right now you can get a free activation when you go to patriotmobile.com slash steve as well or you can call them uh, at uh, a simple number uh, when you go to 972 patriot that's 972 patriot so on Friday, while I was away heading up to speak in Hillsdale, Michigan over the weekend to a hearty group of patriots, and I got to tell you, that is your quintessential red-blooded, patriotic, American, small to mid-sized town. 
salt of the earth people. And it's the kind of place, too, that, you know, they're about an hour and a half from Detroit, about an hour and a half from Grand Rapids, meaning that they're kind of off on their own. You know, if if there was any place in a place like Michigan that you could live that kind of insulates yourself from Gretchen Whitmerization, that would be the place. And even there, the anger level was palpable. Even there. And I and and I thought to myself, if the people in a place like this are this lit right now, this angry, where they control all the city councils and school board seats and can do whatever they want. They can make that place literally as red as they want in the next 10 minutes. I mean, hell, the only elite private conservative university, other than the religious ones like Liberty, is right there in their community, up the road. And so if there was a place ever where they could self-sort and say, we're just going to wall ourselves off. We're going to do, when they're in charge, what San Francisco does when we're in charge and just keep San Franciscoing. We're going to do our own thing. If there was ever a place you could do that, it's there. And even there, people are having like Sons of Liberty, literal literal Sons of Liberty kind of conversations. That's where I heard everywhere I went. And so if that's going on in Hillsdale, Michigan, what's going on in the places where you can't just wall yourself off like that? And the local university isn't the feeder system for the entire conservative movement, including employees here at the place. <laughs> All right. What, what goes on everywhere else? Especially when the deal currently being offered to you is never ending inflation, never ending fuel prices. You will eat bugs and enjoy it. You will own nothing and be blissful. And then we will castrate your, your sons and chest bind your daughters. And, and, and you will stand in the gulags and smile with, without any teeth saying, the red wave is coming. And this, this is now advertising in America. What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve? Not this pride. Introducing the bottom-friendly menu from Postmates. We teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical to bring you a menu of bottom-friendly foods backed by science. Insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute, so avoid things like whole grains, wheat bran, cauliflower, potatoes, legumes. Hold up, are you just fully diving into those beans? The problem with these foods is they don't dissolve in water, which could cause a traffic jam in your digestive system, making a mess of your evening. Speaking of messy, it's a good idea to avoid dairy. I cannot handle lactose right now. Look at it. If you're going to eat something insoluble, give your body about 24 hours to process all of it. Eat me. Soluble fibers and protein are the key to having some good, clean fun. These all digest easily and slowly while feeding your good gut bacteria, which makes sushi a great bottom-friendly option. There's no right or wrong way to bottom, but if you're planning on getting peachy this pride, the bottom-friendly menu on Postmates has the kinds of foods that could keep you feeling good. Are you organic? Mm-hmm. So on Friday, we did a what-if show while I was gone. And you were the main attraction. Bob Vanderplatz here from The Family Leader. 
And we went back in history and talked about what would have happened in 2010 had you gotten elected governor here and fulfilled a campaign pledge that you made at the time to refuse to enforce an unconstitutional edict from the U.S. Supreme Court, or I'm sorry, from the state Supreme Court, uh, in order to try to reinvent the definition of marriage to accommodate whatever in the literal bowels of hell that that's being promoted right there from Postmates, by the way, Postmates, 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 guys, Postmates. And all of the slippery slope arguments that we had way back then have all been proven true. We've gone, it, did, it, it took barely two decades, less than two decades to go from isn't Ellen charming and isn't Will and Grace funny to let's actually be the live manifestation of those grainy religious right videos that Jerry Falwell Sr. and, uh, and uh, Pat Robertson put out in the 80s about beware the gays. They're actually just doing that stuff now. Mm-hmm. And you'll bring your kids, just like they promised in After the Ball, you will bring your children to bow at the idol too as it cavorts this is all going on we now have venerable american businesses like postmates promoting a a message if you guys don't know what that means i'll translate it for you essentially here's what you need to eat just to make sure you don't have a bowel movement while you're being sodomized that's what that meant that's what that meant that is a that is the ad campaign that postmates is running right now so I don't have a question, Bob. I'm just going to hand it to you now. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. Well, first of all, uh, so it wasn't just about gay marriage. Remember, we talked about that very early on. As a matter of fact, uh, a, a guy that was a peer review on the WHO radio network was Jan Michelson. And maybe four years after we did the 2010 Throw Out the Justices campaign because of them uh, illegally defining, unconstitutionally redefining the institution of marriage, and we voted out three Supreme Court justices, Jan brought me on his show and he said, I just want to play some things that you said back in 2010 and what's happening now in 2014. And Jan said, what I want to give you the opportunity to do is spike the football in the end zone because you are prophetic. So that wasn't prophetic. This is just common sense. But the thing is, I didn't even predict what you just watched there with Postmates. And the thing of it is about now saying, you know, but your kids will celebrate this. Corporate America will celebrate this. This isn't about just calling evil good. This is now calling good evil. And this is biblical. This is scriptural. So when you undefine the institution of marriage, what you do is pretty soon you're going to find out we don't know what a boy is. We don't know what a girl is. We don't know who Ainsley should compete against, who Ainsley shouldn't compete against. Uh, Drag Queen Story Hour, which is one of the most perverse things I think I've ever seen in my life, and we allow that in our schools today. We take kids to that at our libraries today. So when you ever read Romans 1 and it talks about a depraved mind, you go, what does a depraved mind look like? Watch that commercial again and again and again. Or go to the, the gay pride parade that we just had in Des Moines or take a look at the pictures of the gay pride parade. Or go to a drag queen story hour and ask yourself, what does a depraved mind look like? We have completely unraveled as a culture in our moral fiber, the things that hold us together. This isn't just faith. This is common sense, moral virtue, and we are choosing to unravel it, and we're cheering it on. And that's where we as a culture should say, like Isaiah did, woe is me. 
we live amongst a people with unclean lips. Can I be like really honest with you? I want you to be really honest. This is what I am afraid of. And I think over the years you've known me, there's been very few times I've ever expressed genuine fear to you, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm about to. This is what I'm afraid of. We, we, have a, we have a politically, we have a duopoly as a system. And we have one side of the duopoly that has gone off a lunatic fringe and is not going to come back. It is gone. All the stuff that, think, look at what they just do in election years. They don't care if they win or lose. This is a religious level of zealotry. It's gone. And what's happening on the other side is they're concocting deals that say, hey, when those guys over there on the left think that uh, because you use the term red pill, that was in the that was in actually the, the latest Homeland Security guidelines. Look for people that use the term red pill on social media that's that, and, and put them on a watch list. The next thing they'll do is say you're nuts and crazy and you can't own any weapons. And now we've got a bunch of Republicans that are just going to help them do it. With the exception of about a term and a half of Ronald Reagan, about six months after the contract with America election, and, and Trump pre-COVID. And tell me if I'm wrong. In all honesty, how has you, how you voted in Wash- for federal offices changed at all, other than those three limited time periods I just mentioned the last 40 years? What's been different? What's well, been changed? What's changed? We've talked about that before a lot, is that when the left wins, they just sprint to the left. When the right wins, it's kind of like we just walk a little bit slower to the left. And so this brings me to the other side of this argument. Our people own 300 million guns. They are not just going to sit there forever, guys. They're not just going to sit there forever and say, 48% inflation, 28, great. They're not just going to sit there forever and say, oh, wait, you're going to take my daughters and chest bind them and take my sons and castrate them? Cool beans, man. NFL's on. They're not just going to do this forever, especially because all the economic incentives that would have that would have compl- that would have compelled them to just accept it and, and find a path of least resistance. Those are getting taken away, too. I can't afford a home anymore. I can't build a and, home. Yes. And so where do we direct this angst for our people? Vote for Joni Ernst again. Vote for Chuck Grassley again. Vote for Mitch McConnell again. Where do we where do we direct this angst? Where, where, vote for John Cornyn again. Vote for Ted Cruz, who's out there tweeting about inflation after he just gave sixty billion damn dollars that we don't have and just took it off a printing press to give it to Ukraine, where there's a story out over the weekend about how Ukrainians are flocking to the beaches of Kiev. We didn't have the money. That inflation just got passed on to you. So, so where are we going to direct all of this energy before it spills over into something really ugly? Because if it's really angry in Hillsdale, Michigan, man, I can't imagine what's going on in a lot of other places. I'm really glad we're having this conversation, Steve. I just had lunch on Saturday with a high-ranking member of Congress who is so excited to get majority in 2022. And my question to him was exactly that. What are you going to do with it? Because if you're just going to give me more in-the-weeds processes about how the Senate's going to filibuster and this is going to happen or whatever, and that's why we can't get a dang thing done, the people are done with that. They want to see you actually lead. Because what the, too many people are figuring out, what has been different from when we elected the right people versus the other people get, get, get in charge? But I think, Steve, for us, where do we focus the angst? 
It's what you've said on this show a lot of times that we're all about the family leader ministry. It is revival or bust. I mean, when you talk about a divided America, you take a look at what's all taking place. The gospel has got to go forth at this time. The church has got to wake up. I mean, in regards to the remnant of the church, not the social clubs with the cross, but the remnant of the church that believes that gospel is still the way Jesus is the way, not a way, and that the scriptures are true. We need to lead and we need to model this. That's where true hope is. And I think we have a country right now on both sides that are looking for true hope and real truth. What do you hear from people here? Because we have had a fairly good governor here, for example. We have we, we, we had some things closed down, but we had a lot less suffering here than most of the other country did the last 26 months. Well, let me tell you what, what, what we hear here is what happened last week, Tuesday night in a primary. And that's because of a governor that we have who said, you know, we just don't need to elect more Republicans. We have enough Republicans to pass a conservative agenda. We need to elect people who are actually conservatives who believe in religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, school choice. We need to elect them. And so with Governor Reynolds' endorsements, the Family Leaders Grassroots Operation and Organization, we took out six incumbents. Six and O on primary night took on education chair and a ways and means chair. That's, I think, what the people want to see. Matter of fact, when I was in San Diego over the weekend, I spoke about that as well. Cheers every time. Three times I spoke cheers about we want real leadership today. And that's what we're looking for. And to go back on this inflation deal, gas prices being at five bucks a gallon, home prices increasing, groceries increasing. It's all about control. We will force you to do these things. That's exactly right. And 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 that's when you're saying yeah. these people just aren't going to keep taking it. They're not this. just going to keep taking it in forever, yeah. especially when all the things that they used to get bribed with aren't as affordable and accessible as they used to be. And they can't even turn on an NBA playoff game without getting lectured to. So they're the, not just going to keep taking it indefinitely. Uh, so we've got to figure out how, and I got about a minute here. We got to chant, take all this energy and channel it into something yeah. other than put, make Mitch McConnell majority leader for no reason, yeah. apparently. Well, one of the best things to take a look at is models. So you got DeSantis doing what DeSantis is doing in Florida, taking on Disney, which is not politically expedient. You got Governor Reynolds involving yourself in Republican primaries to get the right people elected versus just more ours elected. Courage begets courage. And we, the people, should demand that we elect people that are going to be bold and courageous and not milk toast and play both both ends to the center so I can be reelected. It's not about your reelection. It's about saving a country at this point. How many do you think really understand that? Well, I think there's a lot more of American people who understand it today than ever. As far as elected officials, I think there's more today in Iowa that understand that than did a week ago. And that's what's got to happen. That message has got to get sent again and again and again. You understand, I'm, I, I, I want to avoid this calamity from occurring. Oh, I totally agree. I just don't think, it's, I don't think it's indefinitely unavoidable. And I all. also know that you believe the sincere hope is in revival, but you want to make sure this calamity doesn't happen. Amen. Well. All right, good stuff, man. appreciate you. We'll come back, and it's Ask Me Anything time when we return. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me on Twitter and Getter. 
at Steve Day Show. Look for me as well on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace, and you can get clips of the show free of any censorship and free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's D E A C E. That's how you spell the last name. And if you are a podcast listener, thank you all so very much. We appreciate all of you. You're a big part of our audience. Please, if you've yet to do so, leave us a five star review. Uh, If you dig the show, of course. And if you do, by the way, and you put a question that you want to be considered for a future Ask Me Anything, you will go to the front of the line for our next Ask Me Anything. In fact, our Ask Me Anything this week is coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and we're going to lead off with some questions that you have asked us when you've given us a five-star review there in uh, or on the podcast platform of your choice, particularly iTunes. So thank you very much. Keep those coming as well. Thanks to all of you that have left us a five-star review. Don't forget to also hit subscribe or follow, uh, depending on which word is used on whichever podcast platform that you prefer. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is not, if we're being honest, and we always try to be here on our show, not the greatest time to be getting into the real estate market. But every now and then you're, you've, every now and then you're like, hey, man, I just got transferred. I've, I've got to. I don't have a choice. Or it's like, okay, I, I got to get out of blue state hell, fill in the blank now. Okay. Blue city hell, fill in the blank now, right? So now more than ever, given these unprecedented times, make sure you go in with an agent that you know and trust can walk you through the process from the opening all the way to the finish. Finish the race with you and to make it as, well, it's never seamless, even in a good economy. This can be a stressful process, but at least give you the confidence of knowing that it's heading somewhere that you want it to go. Where would you find just such an agent? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head to this website. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you want to go. Just about anywhere in America you're trying to get to or from or get away from, we can help you find one of those agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. And with that, let's get to this week's Ask Me Anything. We're going to start off with questions that we have from those of you that have left us five-star reviews uh, on the uh, podcast. We've also got questions for the first time from our Instagram account that uh, my daughter is running for us and started for us, where you can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Steve Day Show is where you can follow us there at Steve Day Show on TikTok and Instagram. Aaron, let us begin. We will begin with some five-star reviews on iTunes. We'll start with the Big Bad Bugato, who says, What is your opinion of female pastors? I think that the, this question needs to be asked in the context of why. Uh, I've known a couple of female pastors who were modern-day Debras. It's very clear that the Bible believes in male headship and teaches that both in the church and in the home. I've also met a couple of women who thought they were called to be pastors and teachers who taught very soundly and with conviction. The vast majority of time there is a woman in the pulpit. The vast majority of time. In fact, I wouldn't even say that's underselling it. I'm going to say over 90% of the time, there is a woman in the pulpit. It's not because they found a Deborah. It's because they kicked out the word of God. 
and she's there for some egalitarian feminist spirit of the age statement. She's she's a troll. You know, what to do when the men won't lead? I don't know the answer to that. And I, I know you guys will have a very theologically precise answer, better and uh, defending male leadership as an absolute, absolute. And it's clear that the Bible preaches that as an ideal. I think, though, about an example of the person who used to sit in your chair, Jen. So she was, a, she was my former assistant uh, who decided to retire and become more of a full-time mom. She was a graduate of Bob Jones University. Kind of the, one of the it evangelical schools in America, in South Carolina. And her senior year at school, no boys, no men, no, I had it right the first time, no boys ran for student body president, for student class president, no boys did. So she threw her hat in the ring. She calls, she calls into the administrative offices. Hey, you know, we believe in teach male headship here right out of the Bible. And Jen's like, I totally believe in male headship. Here's my question though. When the men won't do anything, so no men ran. No males ran. So does that mean our class doesn't have student government representation then? We don't have a student class president? What do you do when no men run? I think that's a pretty good question, particularly given the era in which we live now. When I go out and speak right now, let me tell you what my biggest applause line is. Calling out the men for being passive wimps. The women lose their minds when I do this. Just happened again in Hillsdale, Michigan on Saturday night. And again, if the women of Hillsdale, Michigan, if the women of Hillsdale are like, can I get one ball? One ball. Can I get one testicle? Can we get one? If the women of Hillsdale, Michigan are like the are, 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 are the feminine equivalent of Chris Rock bargaining for one rib and I'm going to get you, sucker. Can I get a half a testy? Can I get one gonad? One. What are the women in most of the rest of America probably begging for right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this place lit up like a Christmas tree when I went there on Saturday night. So... I used to complain that the, 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 the traditional arc, the calendar arc of an evangelical church in America is the Mother's Day message was always about how we're not doing enough for our moms. And the Father's Day message was always about how the dads aren't doing enough. Fair? Sure. That's pretty much the arc of every evangelical subculture in America. This year, I'm in. Because the dads aren't doing enough. In fact, I'm okay if they do that next Sunday after Father's Day and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that and just keep on going, actually. Just make that every Sunday. Get off your ass. And the title of this sermon again this Sunday is Get Off Your Ass! Next week, you're still on your ass. Get up. And we're just going to keep that message going until you get off your ass. That's what we're going to do. So, biblically, it is clear that the Bible 
absolutely calls for and affirms male headship in the pulpit. Culturally, there are two reasons why you will see, um, and there's a third, within some Pentecostal traditions, there's the idea of a co-pastorate between the husband and the wife, and I'm, I'm not Pentecostal, I don't really know a lot about that, so... You know, I, I would go to somebody like, what do I mean by Pentecostal? If you don't know, like an Assemblies of God church and ask them what that means. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. But that aside, there are two reasons why that you see women pastors and they're both bad. One is because, and this is the overwhelmingly majoritarian reason, this they're making a, a feminist or egalitarian or anti-biblical political statement. The other is because Deborah looked around and realized, like my former colleague Jen, the men weren't going to do their job. So, you know, it's funny about, we always cite Deborah too as a positive example of a, of a female leader. <laughs> it cracks me up about that. It's like when we used to compare Trump to Nebuchadnezzar. I'm like, have you guys actually read a Bible? I mean, I just, seriously, just straight up. Like if you ever, do you even Bible, bro? Okay. Well, you know, Nebuchadnezzar freed Daniel after he told him what he wanted to hear. Oh, and then he went back. Well, Nebuchadnezzar sent this great note about how your God is the God of gods. Then he totally betrayed that and became so craven, God turned him into a wild animal. Oh, and his son, by the way, is the one that Daniel will then later on look at and say, Mene, Mene, take a parson. You have been weighed measured and found wanting you'll be dead tonight nebuchadnezzar not a good dude when we throw the deborah example around what's deborah the most famous for saying in the bible for looking at ehud i think is who it was and saying when he says i won't do what god calls me to do unless you come with me And she looks at him and says, what a tremendously progressive complementarian statement. No, that's actually not what she says. <laughs> she looks at him and says, okay, I'll come with you, but just so everybody knows. Your name's going to kind of be associated with being, well, ballless and ashamed that you needed a woman to do your job. That doesn't sound very progressive or complementarian, no. does it? No, it does no. not. So that's the best answer I can give. Next up, this is from Rush 19 Tower, who says, I'm willing to die to keep my Second Amendment rights. Should I fight if I'm being taken for my Christian beliefs? Luke 21 seems to say I must testify, not take the violent way. What do you think? I think you, you have to actually go back and ask yourself this question in response to yours. What you're really pondering, and this is something that John MacArthur used to teach for many years. I don't think he still does, but he taught for many years that the American Revolution was a sinful act. It was in violation of Romans 13. I would actually take it, be, I would take it into a far more granular level than the American Revolution. Are cops sinful? Is it sinful to have a military? Why, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why don't we, uh, 
just apply this comprehensively. If that's the proper, if that is the proper application, then Justin Trudeau is correct. When he said over the weekend, no, in Canada, you don't have a right to use a gun to defend yourself. If someone's going to shoot you, you are expected under Canadian law to just sit there and die. If this is the proper application, if what you're wrestling with Rush 19 Tower is the proper exegetical application of this, then any cop who has ever taken out a perp is a murderer and in violation of God's law. Any soldier who has ever taken out an enemy is a murderer and in violation of God's law. Any father who refused to just stand there and allow his wife or daughter to be assaulted or murdered and took out the perp is a murderer and in violation of God's law. Let's just completely take it out of a political context because the principle applies on an individual molecular level. So then you have to ask, just like we've done with Romans 13, where if, if it really meant the way most American churches teach it, just universal submission, then why were the two guys who wrote about this, Paul in his epistle, at the, or in his epistle in Romans, and Peter in his epistles in the end, why were they ever executed then? Why were they? What was the point of martyring them? If they, why didn't they just universally submit to the local authorities? Didn't that doesn't make any sense, right? Right. Why didn't Paul just go ahead and bow a knee to Nero? Why didn't he just do that then? That's what it means, right? So you have to ask yourself then. Um, What's the character of the individual who's responsible for those words? Because the individual who's responsible for those words also in in another place looks at the Jewish people and says, uh, I've had it with these folks, these pagan um, filth in this land. You're my urban renewal program. Go in there, sort up, and the name uh, your name is Control-Alt-Delete. That's your duty. And when he comes back, it will be with a, a robe dipped in blood and a sword in his mouth. So does that sound like an argument for pacifism? That's really what you're arguing for, is pacifism. There is not a biblical argument for pacifism. If there were, I would be a pacifist. There is an argument for restorative justice. There is an argument for mercy triumphing over judgment. So we just don't go out and just randomly execute people for every single offense and every single crime. But Jesus is sitting on a cross being executed for crimes he did not commit. He's being executed for the crime of sedition. That's why the Romans wrote over his head, King of the Jews. When he specifically said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm not here to overthrow your government. He made that so plain, even some of his followers were alienated by that because that's what they thought he was here to do. And on the, on the, on the left and the right of him are two men who are guilty of their crimes. One of them comes to Christ before his own death and asks for forgiveness. Christ does not say this is an abomination that this man is being executed for his crimes. This needs to cease. No. He doesn't do that at all. In fact, the mercy he offers him is in the next life. Today you will be with me in paradise. After you pay the penalty for whatever you did to put you up on that cross, of course. 
So we need to look at the character of the individuals when we take their words. I know we live in this deconstructive and reconstructive era of philosophy. That it, and it's, it's seeped into the church. We get together in our small groups and we ask each other, what's this mean to you? No one should care. And if you're ever in a small group and that question gets asked, don't go back to it. That, that, that's the tap out. No one cares what it means to you. And no one should. We should care. What do you think it means? That's relevant. What does it mean to you? Because that implies it could mean something else to somebody else, right? Right. Well, nowadays they might, actually. But do physicists get around in a room and say, what's gravity mean to you? What do the laws of motion mean to you? Now you're laughing because nowadays they probably do. They do. Okay. They do. What's science mean to you? Yes. So the deconstruction and reconstruction, the idea that we can take concepts and ideas that we did not originate. What What do those terms mean? Those big fancy philosophy terms. What they really mean is we can take stuff that we aren't responsible for and that were things that were created for us to respond to and just magically remake them in the image that we prefer. You know, like, I identify as a woman. That's what it means. It means I don't have to follow the construction of an idea or a concept, meaning I, I go to find its origin. Where does is, where is this concept originate or this idea? Where does it originate from? Who was its originator? What did they intend it to mean? And then decide from there whether I agree or disagree. No, what it means now is I can, in, I can whole cloth just remake it in my own image. I don't even have to wrestle with it. I don't have to be a Jacob named Israel as one who wrestles with God. I just go full-fledged Garden of Eden. I am God. I just do that. That's really what we're talking about. And so when... When we look at these kinds of passages, instead of trying to put them in a vacuum, look at it in the context of the one who said it, the one who wrote it, the one who it's about. And what's the full character of that individual once it's been revealed? Here's the full character of the individual that made these statements. He believed so much in self-defense that he offered himself up for you in defense of yourself, of your own sins, of the sins you would commit, you want, and still haven't even committed yet. That the first time he came, he offered himself in defense of your own defense of yourself, from yourself. And then the next time he comes, it will be to defend you from all of eternity for those who did not accept his self-defense. Now, if you think that character epitomizes pacifism, we just have dramatically different definitions of that term. Will this action, here's the plumb line, whether we're talking about resistance or revival, it's the same plumb line, guys. Will this action and the motivation for why I am taking it Glorify God. When a father throws himself upon an assailant between that perp and his wife and daughters, does that reflect the character of God? Does the motivation for why he would do this, love knows no greater thing than this, a man would lay down his life for his friends, does that reflect the character of God? I would argue, you bet it does. 
When a man grabs a weapon and walks into a school and just opens fire, does that reflect the character of God? It does not. When, the, when, when another man sees that he wants to do this in, in the state of Alabama and puts him down before he does, does that reflect the character of God? It does. It does. Whether we're talking resistance or revival, does this action I'm about to commit to and the motivation for why I want to do it, does it glorify God? And God has given us his word so we know what glorifies him or not. No one is without excuse. That is the answer. Next up, we've got a true or false from ID Chris and Design who says, Your God-given rights are more valuable than my or anyone's life. I'm not entirely sure what this means. Can you guys clarify Rights that? are more important than my own life. God-given rights are more important than one's own life. True or false? You mean, you mean upholding them, defending them? Yep. This feels like, uh, to me, it felt like an earnest chicken or egg thing. Where What is the a priori principle? What are the first things? Meaning, is it worth me risking my life to defend someone else's God-given rights or God-given rights in general. Is that what we're asking? I think so. Well, of course it is. That's why we have, that's, that's, that, that is Romans 13, that the government is an avenging angel. Who are those avengers? People, cops, soldiers, judges, is an avenging angel against evildoers. So of, of, of course that's true. But that, those, that's where our traditions originally came for, came from. For the purposes of law enforcement, a military, it is to that end. So, of course it is. I feel like maybe there's a part of this question that we're missing because it just seems rather vapid. Well, but I think... That's not vapid. You just got done speaking about this. I think a lot of people think basically eh, it's, it's not really worth fighting for. You know, let's not... Let's not rock the boat. You know, we, we have, we have our health. Uh, yeah, I, I think they actually have not, not life as ordered from God, but just whatever they view the good life, the comfort that there's, there's no so-called right that is worth making such a big deal for as long as we're all just kind of getting along. I got you. I got you. I, I got you. In a sense, that's true. Because ultimately, it's a matter of will and not a matter of of, a, of some form of an absolute. It, 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 we're subjective creatures because we're sinful. We were made to be objective creatures. We were made in the image of God. We were given dominion over God's creation. We were, we were made to be objective. But after the fall, we are entirely subjective creatures. All of us bring our own biases. And so that means we all then have a different grief to profit ratio on when is the moment, when does when am I in the red that now I'll start contemplating doing things in the in before when I was in the black, I wouldn't have done. That's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? That's why that's why this always operates on a sliding scale. This is why I am this is why I'm so anxious to get people involved in the process aggressively but peaceably. Because here's the other thing we tend to do as a species. When we, when we hit that, when we, when we finally wake up at the level of evil in our midst, we then want to we, we just skip past the, go, trying to be George Washington and go right to being Rambo. We want to we skip past 
trying statesmanship, although Washington was a general at first too, but you get where I'm going with this. We want to skip past working within the, I mean, you saw this in the civil rights movement. There were, there were, there were plenty of other people that were attracted to a more confrontational like Malcolm X or even a more violent message like the Black Panthers. So that's typically how we roll. We, we want to skip over being statesmen and go right to being vigilantes. We don't have to do that here. We, we don't. I'm not saying it'll never come to that. I've read a history book and you're founded, you're, you're living a country founded by the most successful insurrection in all of human history. So I'm not saying it will, it will never come to that. I'm just saying that we should try a few steps before just assuming that it must. That's what I'm saying. And I don't think we've sufficiently tried those steps. My fear is we'll just sit home and just vote for the candidates that Fox News will do when it's not promoting groomers and Jenner. Find out that they don't represent us and then just go right to, okay, lock and load then, I guess. That's a nihilistic end. I would like to avoid it. But we're heading there. We are absolutely heading there. And we're being poked and prodded to get there by who's really orchestrating all of this from behind the scenes. Because he loves him some nihilism. It's a delicacy in his kingdom. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. You've got 360 joints from your neck down to your feet that uh, are key in maintaining uh, activity and flexibility, particularly as we get older. But as we get older, they also become, unfortunately, hubs for these pesky little things called inflammation. And that's usually the cause for that achiness and stiffness and soreness that lingers in your back, your knee, your neck, your hips that just won't let go. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory to do something about it. And I have one that I would personally recommend because I use it daily. It's called Omega XL, backed by over th- almost three decades of clinical research and my almost three years of daily usage. If you want to give this stuff a try, you can buy one, get one free right now. When you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or you can give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. One more quick one on a lighter note before the break. This is from Aaron Reale. Are you aware of what's going on in the golf world with many pro golfers fleeing the PGA for that Saudi-backed 54 LIV tour? How big of a deal is this? I am aware of it. Um, I have to tell you, with everything else going on right now, I I don't have the energy to have a really strong opinion about it. The majority of the golfers that have left kind of feel a little bit like... um, you know, household names, but they're at they're they're past with the exception of Dustin Johnson. That's why he made the biggest news. Uh, they're past the peaks of their careers, and they're kind of cashing in one last time. And the Saudis are like, you know, right now we just need names that provide us legitimacy more than anything else. But I, I, guys, just forgive me. I, I'm going to watch some U.S. Open this weekend. It's one of the four times of the year I watch golf during the majors. But with everything else going on right now, I just I can't come up with like a real soccery take on the new Saudi uh, golf tour, um, especially when right now we're begging them to give us oil that we won't do for ourselves. I just I just don't have the energy for it. One thing I'm curious about with that, I've got a lot of instincts that actually go in both directions, but I, I don't know any inside baseball. I want to, are there legitimate PGA grievances? And I don't follow it enough. 
uh, oh, uh, grievances about the institutional workings of the PGA. I would need to know some details yeah, I, about that before I, mean, I had a strong opinion. I mean that I mean you're, that I'm being taken advantage of because you know I can make 300 grand if it's the right event for finishing 35th place. The suffering is real, bro. I mean I know what you're getting at, but I mean is there a is there a cushier existence in the world if you're good at something than being a PGA Tour pro? Seriously. Is there is there a cushier existence on planet Earth? Which is why I want to know if there's real grievances, because if there's not, then this is just a bunch of spoiled rich brats doing spoiled rich brat things. There actually is one uh, more cushy existence that's uh, having Biden as a last name. Especially if you're trying to sling some crack. Yep. You bet. Makes it easier. We'll come back more. I'm sorry. I just I don't care. Uh, We'll come back with more Ask Me Anything here in a moment. Yes, you bet I took uh, some Bill Bars with me uh, on the trip uh, to Michigan uh, this week because I take Bill Bars with me wherever I go. Because they're just that darn good. Absolutely the greatest protein bar of all time. So many great flavors to choose from. It's it's hard to pick one. Although if I had to, you know, I'm picking chocolate chip cookie dough chunk because chocolate chip cookie dough is a food group to me. Uh, but uh, the brand new brownie batter puffs. What are puffs, by the way? For those of you that are new to this Bilt Bar thing, that's kind of like their marshmallow variety. I know, you know, to, to make them taste so good, and have them covered in real chocolate and everything else, they can be a little chewy. And I get that some of you get impatient with that, right? But that's why you want to look at the new the, the puff line. Uh, because if you like chocolate-covered marshmallow stuff, like those Russell Stover's candies, these are right up your alley. And that's, by the way, how you get your brownie batter ones is on the, on the puff line. And then they've got granola. If you like something a little crunchier, they got that too. So many great products to choose from. So low in calories, you won't believe it. You won't believe there's not more sugar, more carbs than there's already not. But it is loaded with all the protein you want and even more flavor than you would have ever imagined. And you can get it right now for about what? Let's say, well, let's give you a discount, 15% off now. It was 10 last week. We'll do 15 this week. I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to call that right now for you. 15% off. When you use my last name, Dace is the promo code. Plus it's in my script, so it's okay, I guess. Uh, 15% off when you use the promo code Dace when you go to Built.com for Built Bar. Built.com for Built for Built Bar. Promo code D-E-A-C-E for 15% off. You will not regret it, I promise. Also, the last couple of weeks, we have been attempting to move some things and upgrade some things here at The Blaze. And that has led to some technical issues. And uh, one of our... Poobahs here, Gaston, has asked me to send along the message to you guys. We are incredibly sorry about that. We are working very hard to fix those issues for you right now as we speak. So uh, accept our sincerest apologies, and we are ashamed. All right, Aaron, go ahead. It's news to me. Uh, Moving on, this is a question of unknown origin. Here's a question a proponent of social construction would pose. Is it normal in America that women shave their legs, or it is normal in America that women shave their legs and underarms? When I see a woman who does not, I have a negative reaction to it. But how can this be a natural human reaction when clearly humans haven't always had the means of shaving? When I see a person wiping their ass, I get offended by it because clearly human beings haven't always wiped their ass.
That's what I got. That's my answer. Bob Gritz Jr. says, love the show. However, whenever one of you swears, I cringe a little every time. How do you justify it as Christians? Perfect timing. Yeah, I just... Perfect. I just... Sometimes, Bob, I don't know what the hell else to say. Moving on, uh, Iowa AKS says, uh, what do you think of the adultification of youth sports? Do we mean by parents living vicariously through their kids? What do you think that means? Because you tell me. Uh, I read it more to mean uh, the professionalization. Oh, the professionalization is how you meant it. You know, most kids, I mean, heck, even I spent way more time on the sandlot than I did playing a adult organized game. Okay, I mean, I, I played gotcha. little league and all that stuff, but and now there's specialization now, where the kids don't play all the sports as much anymore. Well, they just play one and try well, to get really good at it. Right. Well, well kids hardly ever play sandlot. Just find your buddies, get together and play anymore. It's always all organized by adults and, and, and beyond a little league level, it's, it's stratified to be traveling teams and all of that stuff. You know, you, where you see it in my neighborhood is like basketball, for example. So we haven't seen kids play base sandlot baseball. That's been going on for decades. Yeah. Probably you and I, our last mm-hmm. our generation was, was the last generation that did it, right? Um, but now even, you know, like in our own neighborhood, maybe a half mile away. So an easy walk uh, is a really nice park that our city uh, has has had there since we moved into this neighborhood 15 years ago. And they just upgraded And that. they just renovated yeah. the whole thing. I mean, put in a brand new paved basketball, full court, and everything else. When you go by there, you will rarely see kids playing there. Almost all the times that there are active games going on there, it's adults our age or maybe a little younger. Why? You know, I, I suspect, yeah, I mean, video games will be a part of it, but... You know, we had video games too. You know, when we got done playing Sandlot baseball and we had to cool down, we just went in the house and played Atari 2600 as, as for a while. But we didn't like spend the whole day doing that, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I think part of it is, well, I don't want my kid out there turning an ankle or blowing his Achilles or blowing his knee when he's got, you know, AAU ball this summer and everybody's going to get a scholarship and everybody's going to be a star and everybody's going to make the pros. And is that kind of what we're alluding to here? Yeah, that, I think there's a lot to that. That to question. me is, is a form of idolatry. And it's a fine line between if your kid shows an unnatural, or should I say maybe a supernatural level of ability, I, I, I think you do have a responsibility as a parent to try to help them hone that. My son Noah has flashed, I think, frankly, supernatural ability with the word, with the written word. He can he can almost write on uh, he can almost write at a level I was writing at like ten years ago and he's fifteen. So I'm getting on him constantly about hey hone that level of gift, get really good at it. Because it it actually won't be your giftedness your level of giftedness that will determine whether you can be successful with it, but the work ethic you apply to that giftedness. So there's a parenting angle here when you have someone that has shown an ability and a giftedness that can be life-changing for them and their future. Nothing wrong with that. I'm sure you did some of that with Ainsley, for Mm -hmm. example. The difference was, did you expect and put that exact same level of organization and expectation on the kids who don't? I'm just playing because I think it's fun. 
I'm just playing because it's I like competing. Everybody, everybody's a superstar. Everybody has a future. No, they don't. Most of you actually don't. The vast majority of you actually don't have a future. So, at least not doing this is what I mean. You know, that's why with our kids, they always knew. When dad told them they were good at something, they were really good. Because you know what I would tell them if they asked me if they were good at something and they weren't? I never snowflaked them, not one time. No, you're really not any good at that. I love you, but I'd stop doing that because you're not really good at it. Do the stuff you're good at. Get better at the stuff you're good at. Don't keep doing the stuff you're not. And then come to me and ask me to lie to you because you know that I won't. And that's why to this day, when I tell them they did really good or they're really good at something, I built that credibility with them. Yeah, they didn't like it when they were younger, but now that they're older, they're like, wow, they beam now because they're like, the old man's telling me I'm good at it, then I, there, must, there must be some merit to this, right? So if that's what we're talking about, then yeah, you're describing a form of idolatry, really. Moving on to a few Instagram questions. What would your perfect day look like? I don't know that I should answer this today. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> perfect day would be not today. Uh, not, it's just, it's bleak today, man. You know, I, I posted a meme over the weekend that a, a few months ago I would not have posted, but now I'm like, this is mild compared to where I'm at right now. And I think the meme was that uh, not, you know, not all men just want sex. And it's a picture of a guy take, walk hand in hand, walking yeah, with it. his hand, uh, holding his girl's hand. And then at the bottom it says, sometimes they just want to take long walks discussing how excited it, they would be to drop communists out of helicopters. Right now, that is my perfect day. That's the mood I am in right now, you know? But to but to me, a perfect day would be setting my personal grievances here aside, would be seeing the people I love and care about, accomplishing something, fulfilling something that they have hoped for or worked hard for, and getting to realize that reward or that significance or that moment. That would kind of be the perfect day for me. Next up, what are your three favorite things about living in Iowa and three worst things about living in the state? Um, the people. Um, good or bad? Mostly good. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Mostly good. You know, uh, it is it is frustrating, but at times when you're uh, when you're wired like me, but the whole Iowa nice or Minnesota nice, the Midwestern nice thing, there is a there is a lot to that actually. Um, I love the fact that we have a lot of the accoutrements of the big cities without um, somewhere in the state within a and even if you have to go out of state. You know, Chicago's a few hours away, Minneapolis is a few hours away another way, St. Louis a few others hours away another way, Kansas City a few hours away another way. Within one day, you could do all these various things if you really wanted to, you know? Um, and so the idea of getting access to that level of modernity without a lot of the associated problems that those places I just mentioned have, I love that as well. Um, and this will seem trivial to a lot of people, but if you know me, you know it's not. I love the central time zones like perfect for sports. 
like Pacific time and getting up and watching Michigan, Ohio State at night, 9 a.m. would be like, this is way too early. But like 11 a.m. is perfect. And then like all the games you pretty much want to watch are over by like nine o'clock. So you can still have a night out with your wife if you want to. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the central time zone. And, and then along those lines, having two universities that are in two different major sports conferences. And so we get to, you know, cover... You typically only see that in a lot larger states, right? And we get to do that. We get access to both of those. So if you're a big sports fan like me, that's a big thing about it. What I what I don't like about living here um, would be the, the city and county uh, government apparatuses in about six counties. Because the other 90, 92 or 93 are pretty much okay. But there's about six of them here looking at you, Polk, Johnson, Story, Lynn, you know, like the, basically the, the college towns and then Des Moines um, that are hell bent on trying to absolutely ruin it for the rest of us. Um, what else? Winner. Which I, I realize is not just an Iowa problem, but it, it's the it's the problem of winter in which i am forced to confront every year and as i get older my tolerance for it is just rapidly eroding and i mean rapidly and then the third thing is not more direct flights in and out of des moines to where i want to go with what i have to do with my job now and the travel associated with it and speaking and stuff not having more direct flights all right Moving on. That's a pretty weak list of, of dislikes, except for number one, which shows you overall it's a yeah, that's a good it's place. A, it's a good place to live and yeah. raise a family. Speaking of that, let me throw in because it's a good segue to viciously loyal. Since I was born here, we moved around a lot, and I've I've tried to get away from here at times, and then I always just end up back here in Iowa because in the end, it's still a pretty cool place to live and raise a family. So. In a way, I've kind of been viciously loyal to my birth state, except for its sports teams. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why you want to check out Viciously Loyal Clothing. Uh, it's designed by a long line of servicemen and women who also are viciously loyal to the things that uh, they believe in. Uh, faith, family, freedom. Uh, and they also believe in maximum comfort with durable construction and serious style in all of the shirts, tank tops, tank tops, I should say, uh, and hats that they design. All of it looks really great. I can't promise you'll look like that dude in that picture, though. Okay, but... At the very least, you'll look you'll look better than you do right now. All right, get 20% off your Viciously Loyal gear when you go to ViciouslyLoyal.com right now and enter the code Steve at checkout. My first name, Steve. When you go to ViciouslyLoyal.com and get 20% off at ViciouslyLoyal.com, discount code Steve. All right, we'll take a few more here. Does Steve have more hope for young conservatives, uh, millennials, and Gen Z? Than for Fox News watching boomers. Yes, uh, and and I and I don't think it's because you're better or smarter than your elders. So don't adopt that level of arrogance because that'll make that'll guarantee that you won't be. Okay, it's because so many of the institutions that that your your grandparents and parents blindly th- inherited and relied on have so openly betrayed you in the open that you will have you will have a situational advantage you will not be more ethical or smarter you'll just you'll be just as sinful and in need of Jesus as them okay but you'll have a situational advantage in that you are going in 
realizing Calvary ain't coming. You're going in realizing our list, as Todd likes to quote from the Lord of the Rings all the time, our list of allies grows thin, Aragorn. You go in acknowledging that. You go in realizing this is a system of a down. That Antonio Gramsci's long march to the institutions has been completed. And that should give you a situational advantage to realize the answer is us. Get busy living or get busy dying. Do not sit here and coast and wait for somebody on a network that outside of a show and a half. And I'm I'm talking, the weekend shows are great. There's a reason though they put Mark Levin and Bangino on on the weekends. Could you imagine how it would change things if those guys were on? If it was Tucker, Levin, and Bongino every night. Good night, sweetheart. Okay? That's why they don't do it, guys. That's why Kennedy's on instead. That's why they don't do it. Okay? So you aren't going in with any of this nostalgic loyalty. So you should go in with a more cutthroat, independent mindset than what your parents and grandparents had. All right, last one. Any dad rituals of initiation for Anastasia's fiance or that we could borrow in the future? I am contemplating that. You know, I, I um he absolutely had to come to me for permission. How's that for a ritual? Do you like that one? Love it. Yeah. I mean he he, he absolutely had to come to me for permission and he took his own initiative to do that. Here's the problem though. The guy went to a rock twice. You know, I mean I'm like what am I going to do to that yeah. guy that hasn't already been done? Yeah. It seems kind of quaint. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, I'm going to be like this week. He's at National Guard drill for the week. You know, I mean, what am I? What act of humiliation or hazing has he probably not already had inflicted upon him? Right. On top of the fact that he was in a rock twice, you know, so I'm not really sure what I would come up with, you know. So how about we came up with honor? You come and ask me for permission. So you agree or disagree with that? No, I think you got a good one. Because I mean, how? what, what else could I have done to that guy? Agreed. You know? So. Check the box. That's a good question, though. That's a good question. All right, we're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.